I, I want to say a couple of things to preface. This isn't what I wanted to preach about today. Um, I have known Jeremy, actually I've known Nick for almost as long as I've known Jeremy. Where'd you go, Nick? There he is. Um, I have known Jeremy uh, for, wow, it's been over 20 years now. I, I knew Pastor Jeremy when he was in high school. I was on the youth staff, the volunteer youth staff in, in Linden. Um, and I just want to say this. You are so blessed to have Pastor Jeremy and Raquel. He gets it. <laughs> Folks, Jeremy has been such a blessing in my life. Uh, I remember back then, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, like a 19-year-old, and I, I thought for sure I was going to be an amazing screenwriter. I was going to write movies. I had been working on this script in the life of David, and Jeremy was my number one fan. No matter what it was, he's like, oh, how's that going? Oh, praise the Lord. He's been such an encouragement to me. Over eight, like, uh, eight and a half years ago, when I became the pastor at Wacom New Life, uh, at that point, Jeremy was on staff at, um, at Life Church, and he was so excited, and he's like, we're going to take Wacom County for Jesus, and I'm like, yes, listen, you are so blessed to have Pastor Jeremy and Raquel as your, as your leaders, and I'm sure last month, Pastor Appreciation Month, you guys uh, gave him cards. If, if you haven't, write them a thank you card, bless them, send them a, a Starbucks gift card or whatever. They are such amazing people. They are gifts. Amen? All right. That's not what I wanted to preach about either. <laughs> Today, I want to talk about a couple of things. Number one, I want to show you how you can, tr I love the name of this church, Bless the City, right? It just names, it, here's the whole purpose, why we're here today, to bless the city, right? So how many of you want to be a blessing to the city? I want to talk about how we can actually be a blessing to the city. Uh, and number two, I want to talk about how many would say, I would love for my prayer life to, uh, to be more effective. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that I would spend more time. Like uh, at the, I'm saying that your prayer life would become more effective. Any, anyone would say amen to that? You want to hear it? Listen, we're going to jump into that today. Um, we are called to be the blessing where we are, right? But you know what? Did you know that you could give, we could, we could take an offering, and we could take $1 billion today from Bless the City, and we could give it to the city of, Be of Bellingham, and it could actually be a curse. Sometimes the things we think are the biggest blessings, is not, they're not the things God's calling us to do to bless people. Like, I, I realize, like, if you want to bless me with a billion dollars, I'll give it a chance, all right? Right? But the truth is, you just start, like, I know that makes sense. Oh, we're going we're gonna to help the homeless. We're going to do all the, like, those are all good things, and they might be God's plan for you. But just because it makes sense to you doesn't mean it's the timely move for you to be and do. This is why socialism doesn't work, by the way. We just start handing out money. It's, it's a curse to people. Unless the Lord puts it on your heart, you need to bless this person with this. Then there is the Holy Spirit moving on that. And it will accomplish what it goes forth to do. So just handing stuff out, isn't, that's not my, I'm, I'm really getting off topic today. I want to talk about how we truly bless our coworkers, truly bless our city, truly bless our family. How we truly spend quality time in prayer and see our prayers take on a whole new level. And that's what we're going to do today. Um, I have a lot of scripture today. Uh, and the reason I do is because, uh, folks, the word of God is what changes us. I, 
I love the Bible, and I'm going to, I am, I'm just a guest speaker today, so I can step on a couple of toes. If you are not reading the Word of God and you call yourself a Christian, you need to whack yourself in the head. I'm not kidding you. Like, this is the revealed Word of Jesus to us. It's our daily bread. We can take this to the bank. If the Word of God says it, it's true. Let God be true and every man a liar. I'm not trying to heap on condemnation. You're forgiven. Now get into the Word of God. <laughs> Because when you read it in here, it, oh, it does something. It's true. It's real. I can say something today, and I'm going to say a lot of somethings. But what you need to do is then go back and get proof in the word of God, because then you can take it to the bank. I don't care who stands up here and gives you a prophetic word. That's amazing. Now go to the word. You, you test every word. Right? So we love, we love words of prophecy. We love all of that. We love preaching. But you need to be a student of the word. Because this is God's revelation to us. So we're, gonna, we're going to approach the word today. When I come to the word of God, we approach it humbly, not to prove my point. I approach it to be changed by God. Amen? I, if you're going to the word with arrogance, with you've got your stuff figured out, you're going to receive nothing. Because he wants to speak to you, and God's ways are so much better than ours. His words is, his, our wisdom is foolishness to him. So I want to say a prayer before we jump into the word, and I want us to position our hearts in a way to receive, to be changed and transformed. So let's pray. Bow your heads with me. Father, we come before your word today. We confess that it is the word of God, that it is sharper than any double-edged sword. Father, that you want to speak, reveal Jesus through it. You want to change us, and so we humble ourselves we humble our prideful thoughts, our, uh, even our arrogant ways, Father. We, we lay them down and we say, Father, change us. Teach us. Reveal us. Something new in your word today. Change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm jumping right in. Like I said, you don't believe I have a lot of scripture, but I do, all right? So I'm going to jump right in. I'm going to read you a few verses. They should be up on the screen here today if we did our, our homework right. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation today, if you uh, have, are following along. If not, it's right up here on, on, the, on the screen. So I want to read you a few things here. Number one, John 14, 12 through 14. These are the words in red. This is Jesus Christ speaking, right? We have this in the Gospel of John. It says this. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Now, now get this. I'm not making this up. It's in the Bible. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. I'm going to read that one more time. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I'm going to press pause there. We've we got more scripture. I did a, a quick Greek word study on that, where the original, uh, anything literally means anything. He says, oh, you can ask me for anything. This is a bold thing for Jesus to say. Jesus Christ, and he repeated himself, you can ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it so that you bring glory to the Father. It seems an audacious thing to say. Uh, it may even strike you as uncomfortable to hear. And, oh, where's this pastor going? This is, oh, is this one of them name it and claim it pastors? I'm going to claim the word, okay? Let's move on. I'm mean, skipping to John 15, 16. Jesus is still talking, and he says this. You didn't choose me. I chose you. 
I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. There he is again. The Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name, in my name. Okay, next chapter. We've gone in 14, now chapter 15. Now we're going into John chapter 16. Still Jesus talking. 16 verse 23 through 24, it says this. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. I just want to say this. These kind of verses should make you uncomfortable. <laughs> they blow my mind, like, because I believe in the authority authenticity and an errant word of God. This is the word, and Jesus is speaking to me, and he says, over and over here, you can ask anything in my name, ask anything using my name. It'll bring glory to the Father. And I read that, and I'm like, whoa, 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 because I believe the word of God. Do you believe the word of God? This kind of stuff blows our mind. It is our partnership with Jesus Christ. If you've come to Christ, if you've accepted him into your heart, there's your step one. This is your partnership with him now. Asking for anything in his name, you will receive. Anybody need abundant joy? Here it is. You will receive and you will have abundant joy. So here we go. Everybody pull out your magic wands. And with a, with a flourish of your wand, we'll say, in Jesus' name. Okay, don't do that. This isn't Hogwarts. This isn't, this isn't a, a, a class in, in, in incantations. In fact, I want to say this, and I hope this presses just a little bit against us. If you, <laughs> just praying and saying in the name of Jesus doesn't mean you're praying in the name of Jesus. I want to say that one more time, because I believe many of us have approached our prayer life, and, and we seal it all up with, in the name of Jesus, abracadabra, and now it will happen. And then we're like, well, it didn't happen. But I said the magic word. You said in Jesus' name. And, I, and listen, we should pray. And we, it's appropriate. It's great. It's, it's a good thing to pray and conclude it with in Jesus' name. I'm not speaking against that. But what I am saying is just using it as an incantation doesn't mean you're praying in Jesus' name. It's not a magic word. It's not a magic word. And I don't believe that's what Jesus was implying here today, or in the scripture here. In fact, I can take you to another scripture where some other folks thought the abracadabra, using Jesus' name, would, would, would do the trick for him. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It's uh, talking about these guys. They're the seven sons of Sceva, if you haven't heard of them before. It's in the book of Acts. This is after Jesus had, had risen from the dead and ascended to heaven. And, and these guys, um, the seven sons of Sceva, they would go around and they, they found out that using the name of Jesus had some power to it. And so they would go and they were driving out demons. And they would be like, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, go. And sometimes it worked. Because Jesus' name does have that much power. But here I want to read you in Acts chapter 19, verse 13 through 16, one of my favorite funny stories, scripture. It says this, a group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. 
They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in Jesus' name whom Paul preaches to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil, people, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? The man with the evil spirit leapt on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Love that one. Uh, you, got, you got these guys, like, they, they had their magic word. Yet they weren't praying in Jesus' name, even though they were using it as this magic incantation. You see, they didn't have Jesus in them, and they weren't in Christ. Paul did. That's why the demons had to listen to everything Paul said. They couldn't, they couldn't not, because Paul was in Christ. Christ was in him. Seven sons of Sceva, and I think many of us approach prayer in the same way, as if it's now an incantation, and I only do it when, I, when I'm in my desperate time, and oh, my, in, in, in Jesus' name, car start. When I'd spent the entire day outside of Jesus' name. When I'd spent the entire last week, month, my whole life, somehow, I, 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 and now at this moment, and Jesus is good. Like, he, he'll meet you in those times, but I want us to understand what it means to be in Christ. Because when he talks about praying in his name, he's not use it, saying use it as an incantation. He's wanting you to be in him. And then when you're in him, the demons have to obey everything you say because they had to obey everything Jesus said. To be in Jesus' name. It's not an incantation. This word in, when Jesus said, you can pray anything in my name, it's a primary preposition. I did do a Greek word study on this. The word in, it's, this, it's a Greek word. If you didn't know, the, the, uh, the New Testament was written in Greek, Old Testament in Hebrew, and, and, and so I like to go back to the original language and, and, and dig into that when I'm studying it's a fun thing to do. Use blueletterbible.com. Write that down. It's a beautiful thing. You can click on the verse. It'll take you right to Strong's, and you can really dig in. So I love spending time in the Word. But this word, uh, it's Strong's G1722. It's a primary preposition. If you don't know what a preposition is, you didn't, you didn't listen in English class. I was an English teacher for a time. Uh, a preposition I always taught my, my students is anything you can do to a box, right? I can be by the box, in the box, on the box, around the box. That's a preposition, right? So this word N, when Jesus says pray in my name, it's E-N, and it means this. It's a primary preposition denoting a fixed position, a relation of rest toward. I'm going to read that, say that again. It's denoting a fixed position a relation of rest toward. I take this and I take a step further with this. When he says, you can pray anything in my name, he's not saying use it as an incantation. He's saying, well, if you would be in me, in, at rest in my presence, fixed in my presence, there will be nothing that you can pray that won't, that, that your, your prayers will take on a whole new level if you will be at rest in Jesus Christ. 
at rest in his name, in a fixed position with Jesus. Paul was at rest in Jesus. He was fixed on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of his faith. He was at rest. He was in Christ. And so when he prayed, he was praying from an, a position of authority. He wasn't just wandering around and all of a sudden, oh, I need Jesus now, in Jesus' name. No, he was at rest in Christ. He was at rest in Christ in his daily life. Like, this is the position you're invited into. It wasn't special for Paul. The sons of Sceva could have had it if they would just say yes to Jesus and find themselves at rest in Christ and living fixed in him. We are invited into this level of authority in Jesus Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new, he is a new creation. You have to come and be at rest in Christ, and he will make all things new. The old has gone, the new has come. If you need some of the old gone, find yourself in Christ. Don't find yourself in the old. Don't find yourself in, in, in the patterns of this world. Find yourself in Christ, and all that old stuff, it's got to go. He makes all things beautiful, all things new. This is who your Jesus is. You want to bless the city. You better be in Christ. You don't just wander out to go serve the homeless and then hope he comes with you. You find yourself in Christ and then you can go. You want to bless your family. Don't just make it a one time before a meal moment or a one time we go to church at Christmas. You are in Christ daily. It'll transform your marriage. It'll transform your family. You want to change your workplace? You've got to be in Christ. Be in Christ at work. Oh, it's so much work. No, it's not. It's a position of rest with Jesus. It's acknowledging who he is, who he's called you to be. He's, he, his prayer in the garden, he's like, I pray that we would be one. Me and you, you and me, us and them, them and like this. Read what Jesus said. This is why you've got to be a student of the word. It'll blow your mind who he's made you, who he's called you to be. In Jesus' name, in his name. Remember the, the Roman centurion, he came to Jesus and he was asking him to heal his servant servant wasn't with him and and jesus said okay we'll go and he's like no you don't bother coming with me jesus he's like all you have to do is say the word i'm a man under authority i know what that's like and jesus was blown away by this guy's faith the roman centurion came to jesus and he said lord and master that's what he called him did you know that lord is not jesus's name master is not jesus's name these are titles you get to choose to give him at that moment the, the, the Roman centurion gave Jesus the title of Lord of his life, which means the owner, the possessor of a thing. I'm under your authority. I'm in your authority. I'm, it's all for you. So when we say Lord Jesus, it's not using his first and last name. You come to, you come to the Lord Jesus by letting him be Lord. That means you're no longer the one in charge. You're no longer the one calling. He's the master. And you're the, you, you, you serve him. You are, and it's a beautiful position of rest. I know when we think of Lord, Master, we think of, we think of like maybe Star Wars or whatever, whatever it is. Yes, my master. It's, it's not like that. He's not, he doesn't have the whip to drive. He's like, it's a position of rest you come to the master. He gives you life abundantly. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. This is who Jesus is to you. It's so much better to let him be Lord and Master than just to use his name as an incantation once in a while. I mean, do you, don't get me wrong, Jesus is so good, but how often do we just hope Jesus will help us out in a pinch when we have nothing to do with him in any other part of our life? 
And he will, don't get me wrong. He loves those, you know, when we talk about a foxhole conversion, it's because, in, you know, in the war, they're in the foxhole. Like, Lord, if you'll just get me out of this, I'll serve you forever. Gets you out of it. All right, now I can live my life. Right? And he, I believe you go to heaven. I'm not, say, I'm not saying it's a salvation issue, but he's looking for you to say, yes, you're my Lord. You're my master when you get out of the foxhole. When everything's hunky-dory, when life is going well, you don't have to wear masks in Costco. He wants to still be your Lord then. And it's, it's, it's a position, oh, it's in Christ. That's what it means to be in Christ. This is why I'm an optimist, always. I mean, there's times I watch the news and I'm like, oh, no. But I slap myself out of it and I get back into the word. And I'm like, oh, no, there's the glorious bride. Oh, no, Jesus is just as much alive today. I got to hurry up. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want to I give you a quick uh, revelation of what that means. If I could sit, in fact, you should read the entire book of Ephesians to the, this week. Six chapters long, read one chapter a day. If you're not a person who reads the word, there's your homework for the week. Six days, you can rest on Sunday and read something else, all right? But the book of Ephesians reveals what it, oh, the, the depth and the profoundness of what it is to be in Christ. And so I'm going to give you a popcorn version of it because I can't read it all to you today. But I'm going to get, I'm going to highlight the first three chapters and I'm going to read it. What I do read will be on the, on the, the screen here and, uh, and you can fill in the blanks when you read it at home and do your homework. Ephesians chapter 1, verse uh, 3 through 5. I want you to pay attention to the primary preposition, the fixed positions here when it's talking about in Christ. We talk about what it means to be in Christ. It says this, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, where? In the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Okay, first of all, there's way too much goodness here for you to be sitting silent. He just said every spiritual blessing in heaven. It's all yours. This is why we live in a glorious age called the church age. When Jesus rose, he gave us the Holy Spirit. He's like, now go and make disciples. We're going to blow this world apart. In a good way. Ephesians, we're skipping down to verse 9. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Everything under his authority. COVID under his authority. Your finances under his authority. Your health under his authority. Your friends under his authority. Everything. It's coming. Governments, cities, weather, mental health, your finances, future, all under his authority. You want to bless a city? Come under his authority. You want to see Bellingham blessed? We want to see Bellingham come under the authority of Christ. And not in like a whip dictator thing because that's where blessing in life is. I want the same thing for all of Whatcom County. Okay, I'm going to keep going. I got a lot here. Like I said, I'll try to, I'll try to go fast. I also pray, this is, in, this is verse 19 through 22. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. That's you and me. 
And we can understand that, Paul's saying, for us. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in a place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler, any ruler, no matter what political party, no matter what country. He's far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him, and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of who? It's not on the screen the church for our benefit he's made he's given him all that authority for the benefit of the church all authority is in a fixed position at rest in christ i'm not done yet it gets even better than this i'm going to chapter two now verse one through six don't this if you've fallen asleep so far wake up now because you don't want to miss this says this, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins that you used to live in it, okay? You used to be in sin. You used to be, a, a, your primary preposition, your fixed position was at rest in your sinful nature. That's who you used to be. That's talking about the past. If you've not come to Jesus, then it's talking about this moment when you're going to say yes to Jesus. It will change everything. It will change your future. It will, it will even change your past. Just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of, in the unseen world, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to, refuse to obey God. All of us used to live in that way. All of us did. Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace you have been saved. For he raised, listen to this, if everyone please, for he has raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Jesus. I have said so much this morning. <laughs> I just showed you that all the authority, all governments, all powers, everything is where? It's in Christ. It is seated with him. It is at rest in him. And now, what are we told? If we've come to Jesus, where are we? We are in a fixed position at rest seated we're not just we're not standing at attention we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places that means I'm in Christ all the authorities in him I have that level of authority just like all those verses I read to you about earlier they weren't talking about a magic Harry Potter spell they were talking about being in Christ the holy living one in whom all authority is given if you would believe that and be at rest in the truth, I'm telling you, your prayer life would change. It would no longer, oh, I got to spend four more hours. Like, it wouldn't even matter how long it was. You wouldn't even be thinking about, I'm in, I'm in Jesus. I'm in the car. I'm in prayer because I'm in Jesus. And I have this kind of, I can ask anything in Jesus. I'm submitted to his authority. I, and, and so I, I get to exercise that authority. All authority 
by his gift. It was never earned. It was his grace that was given. You didn't earn it. You just said yes to Jesus, and he erased your sin. He forgave you. The sin that you used to live in, the sin that so easily entangled you, the dumb thought processes, the, the, the addictions, you used to live in those things, but by his grace, he changed that. And he seated you in heavenly realms with the authority right in Christ Jesus. Fixed in him. Fixed in him. In Jesus. So we're never alone. If you feel like you're alone, like I know there's times where we feel alone. But if you believe that you're in Christ in heaven, there's nowhere you could go to be alone. Like he's, he's always there. Like I remember at my deepest, darkest, some of my stupidest moments. I remember in, in, uh, right out of high school, I was on a worship team. And after worship practice, I went to a party. <laughs> All the nasty stuff that you uh, go along with a party was there. And, and, and I, I, I was literally broken, weeping in worship practice. And I went to this thing. I go, I go back out and I sit in my car. And you'd think I'd feel so alone. And so, but Jesus is like, I still love you. He just spoke it to my heart. And I just broke right there in my car. He's like, he's, he's never left me. I can go back to everything that's happened in my life and say, Father, where were you? Show me. And he'll show me. He never left me. He's, and he's so quick. His grace just forgives you right again. And like, all right, you're back in. You're with me in the heavenly realms. Okay, I want to I, I read a couple more verses. Are we doing okay? I know, I'll, tr I'll try to make it quick. Ephesians 2, chapter 10. So now we're in chapter 2. It says this, and this is all in the same thought of being in, in, the, in the authority, being in heavenly realms. And so it says this in uh, chapter 2, verse 10 of Ephesians. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ, so that we can do the good things he planned long ago. What happens when we are at rest in him? What happens when we are in him? He creates us anew, and he makes us a masterpiece. Other versions say his workmanship. The Greek word there is so fun. It's the word poema. Here's what the Bible is literally saying. We are God's poem. We are his poetry. When, when, when we say yes to Jesus and we walk in that authority and we receive his forgiveness, when we step out in faith and do what he's put on our heart, it is a masterpiece, a masterful work of art, poetry. When I held my, when I held my, my, my babies for the first time and I started to weep, they weren't good looking. Come on, parents. Their faces are scrunched up. They're all red. And they're, but you're like, you start to weep because it's beauty. It's poetry. I saw a video once of a dad. Maybe you've seen this. It's back in the 90s. Um, the, the runner, he was trying to qualify for the Olympics. He pulls his hamstring, and he wants to finish the race. Everybody else is finished, and he's weeping. His dad comes out, and he picks him up, and they walk through the finish line together. And I watch that, and I weep. Why? Because it's a masterpiece. It's poem. It's poetry. When you see somebody adopted kids from a broken family, that's masterful poetry in Jesus. When you forgive somebody who's offended you or hurt you, that's poetry. That's being God's masterpiece. That's cooperating because you're in Christ and he's forgiven you so profoundly and so in-depth that you cannot help but forgive other people. When, somebody, when you just go to somebody and say, how are you really doing? Those moments, that's poetry. We are his masterpiece. These things give him pleasure. 
when we cooperate with him. And those parts of your story that aren't so poetic, you know which ones we're talking about. The terrible, the hard, the nasty, the brokenness, the abuse, the, all that stuff, that, that, the in sin stuff. When you come to Christ, he is able to take ashes and make beautiful poetry out of them. He is able to take all things and change the plot line to what that, that curse was. Change the pro- plot line to what that abuse was. And instead of a curse, he is able to bring beauty. He's able to make all things work together for your good to those who are where? In Christ. Where are you? <laughs> In Christ. Don't hold on to those nasty things anymore. He, wanted to, he wants to change the script. Don't keep going back to the old narrative. Believe his new word about that. You're forgiven. And the more you won't forgive somebody, the more you're holding to that yourself. I realize there's some things that are hard to forgive, but you just have to let it go and say, God, I forgive them. Because he forgave you, and that's how you enter into in Christ. Imagine you're sitting in the heavenly realms with Christ, and you're like, but I won't forgive him. And Jesus is like, but I, but I did. But that's not fair. I know. It wasn't fair when I forgave you either. <laughs> it's not about fairness. It's about him rewriting things to work the glory of God on earth as it is in heaven. We are in Christ. I'll finish with this. Uh, chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Okay. You bless the city. Me walk new life. We're in it to win it together. We're, we're, we're in Christ we're seated with, the, with everything that happened in the scriptures, everything the church has. This is why I wouldn't want to go back, because the church has accomplished so much in the last. <laughs> like, we get to build on this. We get to be in Christ for 2021 and set a foundation for the people that come even after us. Glory, we are called to live from glory to glory. That means the glory now is better than the glory before. If I'm in Christ, if I will rest in Christ, and I will partner with him, and I will submit to him. Folks, be in Christ. Stop taking authority over your life. You want to bless the city? Be in Christ. You want to see your prayer life go crazy? Be in Christ. Because he said we become a temple. That's where the Holy of Holies is. That means right here is no more holy than when you walk into Costco after church. You're bringing literally the holy of holies, the the heavenly realms, the presence of God with you in all of your interactions. And if you will stay aware of that, if you will stay aware of that and and not let sin separate you. Yeah, you might, you you mess up. Okay, Lord, forgive me. I'm in you. Carry that consciousness with you. Carry Christ and the knowledge of who that is. Nick, I'm going to have you come. I want to pray over us. There are ways to, uh, to bless your family. There are ways to, uh, to bless the city uh, that makes sense to us.
But I'm asking us to do the things that don't make sense to us, but yet the Lord tells us in our time, in, in his presence. And so we're just going to have a little time here. If you bow your heads, I want you to just have this time with you and the Holy Spirit. That You're in Christ right now. Let him speak to you about what it is. And there's an area uh, you've been interceding for. Uh, maybe you're trying to get ideas for the next phase of your life, uh, how to bless your, your spouse, how to bless your, your work. The Lord is going to give you some creative thoughts here that are better than your thoughts. As we lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he directs our paths. So whatever it is that you've been leaning into the Lord for and, and you just you want to want his word on it, as Nick plays, we're going to spend just a few minutes meditating in his temple, in his presence. And then I'm going to pray and you're going to hold that out and we're just going to seal it up. So just, just spend a couple minutes here. that word uh, just being at rest in Jesus is a word that somebody here needed to hear he'd been uh, trying to work harder to get his favor or to get his blessing on your next step when he just wants you to be found in him and so I just want to pray into that trying to earn earn a healing <laughs> it's not how it works you find yourself in Jesus at rest in his presence, at rest in him. And so, Father, I pray a blessing upon Bless the City. I pray a blessing on each one here. Anyone here who has, has found themselves wearying themselves to earn something from you, Lord, we just receive your grace and your forgiveness. And we find ourselves primarily fixed in you. You're the author. You're the perfecter. There's a next step that, Lord, you're calling somebody to that you're going to just hand them. It's not a, it's not a fight. And so I bless that in Jesus' name. And now I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill our hearts, fill our minds, that our gazes would be fixed on you, Lord, that we wouldn't have to
to be weird about it, but we just know and believe and, and, and accept that you are with us and we are in you and you are in the Father. We pray that you would bless the other churches of Whatcom County. Lord, that they find themselves in you and us and them and us all doing the, Lord, the unique thing you've called each, each group of us to do. We bless them in it, Father. We say amen. Thank you that you have a more victorious church in 2021 than you've ever had. And that we, we want to keep in step with you. We love you, Jesus. You're so good, so much better than we could ever understand. Uh, we just enjoy your peace, enjoy your presence. And we do pray it in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. So, bless the city. I pray that the Lord would bless you, that he would keep you, that he would turn his face toward you, be gracious to you, and that he would turn his countenance upon you and give you peace. So walk in it. You are a highly favored people because you are in Christ. Enjoy that.